Well, God bless you guys. Welcome to Palm City Church. I want to say hello to anybody watching online. We love you. Maybe you're traveling. We can't wait for you to be back in the room. But here at Palm City, we want to show you some love with our hands. Come on, everybody. Hi. <laughs> we hope to see you here soon. And I would encourage you in this Christmas season, it's a great time to bring your friends to church who may be needing some hope or some encouragement. And uh, we're, we're going to bring messages all throughout this month that are just life-giving and inspiring uh, so that we can live out our lives to the level God has called us to. But if it is your first time, we want to welcome you. I want to welcome the whole church today. We're so glad that you're here today. It's a special Sunday at our church. We call it Legacy Sunday. We believe God wants us to leave a legacy with our lives so that our lives last longer than we do. Hey, I'm I'm here to encourage you. I know that's not the most encouraging news, but uh, we've done a study. One out of one die, okay, everybody? I'm sorry about that. That's the truth. <laughs> but we can leave something that lives beyond us, and that's the power of the body of Christ. And so I want to give you some dates first. It's the beginning of the month. I want to uh, give you some, some things you can be a part of if you want to. I always like to be informed, and so we want to do that here for you as well. First, I want to start with today. Today is water baptism, and so if you've made a decision for Christ in the recent months and you've never had a significant water baptism experience, do it today. You're like, uh, I need a picture for my mom and them. We have photographers. Uh, my hair's wet. We have blow dryers. Uh, we have towels. We have clothes. We have everything, and the clothes are dark, not white, okay? You get that? <laughs> we try to think ahead of everything, and uh, we're not perfect, but we did pray for you and think about you, but take that step today. Of course, if you've been attending for a while and you're ready to make Palm City your church home, the growth track is happening today after our second service. We'd invite you to be a part of that. And then next Sunday, this is very important, eyeballs please. I know you're taking notes and preparing things. Uh, next Sunday, we are not in this physical location. We're not in person here at the Sierra Conference Center, but we are having church at the crates, everybody. Oh, it's going to be festive and fun and uh, the, the venue has an event here, and, and we said, well, the, look, the church is not a building. The church is people. So we're just going to take the people and go a little north, and we're going to have a great time. We have one service. It'll be some worship, some festive uh, Christmas songs. I'll bring a little devotional wor word, and then we're going to have a great time together. And we've done a 10 o'clock service with the idea that we have a dream that you'd come to the service, and then you would just stay right there at the crates and maybe have lunch with a friend or somebody in the church family you haven't gotten to know. So it could be a community-focused day. Uh, because here's what I know about my life, and here's what I know about yours, is I can't change your problems, but if you have a person within the problem, yeah. you've got strength in your life. And so be a part of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then, of course, um, something's happening December 24th. I'm not sure. Any Christmas at Palm City, everybody. And uh, we're super excited about that. We'll have our two normal Sunday morning services at 9.30 or 11, but they won't be normal. They'll be Christmas services. And so we gave you an invite card um, in your seat that maybe you could drop with a coworker or uh, do a personal invite. Studies show both at Easter and Christmas, if you invite somebody, you're probably going to get a yes. And so if you know someone who is just new to the city, there's a lot of new people here, or maybe new to faith, or they're just going through something hard. I mean, let's be honest, life, life's tough. I mean, we're, we're not denying that, but we're so thankful that our living hope, Jesus, gives us something that we can look to and lean on, and that is his name and his power. So invite somebody to church. It's going to be a lot of fun. The last Sunday of the year, I want to give you this. We call it Sabbath Sunday. 
Because we are a portable church, this is a conference center. It's not a church when we get here, okay? Uh, people get here really early, and they make it a church, and then we unmake it a church. It's beautiful. You should be a part of that if you're looking for a place to serve. But just to give our teams some rest and some time with their family, we're going to have a day where we just pause and we just take a walk. We eat cookies for breakfast. Just something just to slow your heart down before you turn into the new year. We'll put some resources on our Instagram and online for you to maybe think through or consider on that day to make it a meaningful day. Uh, but then I'm so excited about the new year. Uh, last one I want to give you because January 7th through the 27th is a couple of things. I'm going to bring a new series all about the Bible. Come on, the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. And uh, Sunday school, anybody? Okay, that's, they used to make you sing that song in Sunday school, and then you can't ever get it out of your head. So. But it's going to be just, how do I read my Bible? How do I relate to my Bible? How do I understand? Is the Bible still relevant? Is this a history book, or, or is it a living book? How, what do we do with all these scriptures? What's, what's up with that Old Testament, New Testament? It's going to be an amazing series, and I want you to bring a physical Bible if you have one, and if you don't, we'll give you one. But coupled with that season of a focus on the Bible. We're also going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so we're going to get rid of all those, uh, you know, cookies that we're eating over the holidays. But it's going to be a time really uh, that we not only tithe our resources, but we, we tithe the first of the year. We give God the first of our year. We push the plate away and seek his face at a heightened level. It's going to be an amazing time. And we want to invite you to be a part of all that, okay? I just wanted to give you those things as the holidays get busy so that you can plan and prepare and be a part of it. But if you're new here, today is Legacy Sunday, and uh, we don't take it. You're like, it's my first visit, and y'all are taking up an offering. We don't do that every Sunday. We do it once a year, uh, one Sunday that we set aside to take an offering that is above and beyond our normal giving. And what we tried to do is to, we've tried to prepare you for multiple weeks uh, by sharing vision with you and giving you plenty of space to have discussions in your family and, and ask you to ask God. We're not asking you. We're asking you to ask God and decide. The Bible says, decide in your heart what you should give. So you should give, but it's not my choice. You decide what you want to give. And so we've said, hashtag, pray and obey. It's amazing. Isn't that, isn't that cool? I thought so. Um, nobody? All right, thanks. Thanks for the courtesy. Amazing. Uh, but it's a major focus of our church uh, because our heart is that you would flourish. Yeah. I grew up trying to strive to get to God. I always felt like I wasn't going to measure up. And I had some things in my life that I was struggling with. And so I always felt like an outcast in faith. But when you read the Bible, God wants you not just to go to heaven. He wants you to flourish in your faith. And that's why we say, belong, believe, become. Become the person God created you to be. But the secret to that is it's not just for you. You don't, I don't become the person I'm created to be for me. I become who God's called me to be, yes, so that I can live in purpose, but I also can impact others with the cause of Christ. That's why the Bible says good will come. To who? To those who are generous and lend freely and to those who conduct their fair affairs with justice. In other words, the goodness of God is attracted to those who give and those who live. It's a give and a live type of mentality that I give my life away, that I leverage my life for the cause of Christ, that I, that I think about others more than myself. And then I live my life, not perfectly because you can't, but I live it in a manner worthy of the one who's worthy of it all. And then the next verse says this in Psalm 112, 6, Surely 
The righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Legacy Sunday. Legacy. What people remember when you're gone. Hey, everybody, we're going to be gone one day. We're going to leave this church to our kids, and they're going to take it further than we could have ever imagined. Imagine that, that we're not just building it for us. We're building it for him and them, those who are going to come after us. But we're going to leave a legacy for Christ. And the Bible always gives you some incentive. It says, hey, if you want your life to count, and if you want your life to make an eternal difference, live this way, and they'll talk about you for a long time. So it's really exciting that we get to do this together. And so we know a lot of you are all about the numbers, and we are too, but not for numbers' sake. We're all about the numbers because numbers represent people, and we're all about people. And so for those of you that love the details, we've worked hard to put together a comprehensive online report of our legacy, of some of the things we've done throughout the year. We could do more. We don't have to, but this is what we've done throughout the year. And so we've put our annual legacy report on our website We've texted you about it. We try to give it to you in every creative way we could think so that you could see how your generosity is making a difference to the world around you. And so many of you have came prepared today for your legacy offering. You're ready to do what God has laid on your heart to do. Maybe God spoke to you. I've asked God to speak to you even today. If, you, if you're kind of still kind of preparing it, I want to tell you, you can give towards legacy through the end of the year. So maybe it didn't line up with today, but you still have the opportunity all year long. And as we've said this whole time, we have one goal with this offering, and it is that 100% of us would participate in some way. About 40% of our church gives on a regular basis, and so this is a big ask, because it's, it's asking that all of us would do something in Jesus' name. And so we don't have a numerical goal, we have a participation goal. And so we've tried to be as intentional with that, giving you information. And listen, we can't do it all. How many know the world's big? But he's got the whole world in his hands. And we can do our part. And we think we can do it pretty well because we vetted organizations that are doing it very well so that we can give to them and resource them in a way where they can keep doing the work of Christ. But our legacy offering is really geared to what we call four legacy lanes. I want to give those to you. And the first is local missions. We believe we have a call locally first. I'm not called to Cambodia first. I'm called to my Jerusalem, which is Wesley Chapel and Lando Lakes and San Antonio, Dade City. What up, D.C.? You know, we're called right here. I mean, why leave uh, a mission field that's called America and called Tampa to go somewhere where, yeah, they need help, but we're called to do it right in our own backyard. We do that uh, creatively through Serve My City. It's our monthly outreach serve opportunity that anyone can be a part of. We focus on kids and students and schools and uh, the homeless and single moms and it's evangelism uh, focus and we're trying to share the good news of Christ that they don't have to come and see. No, 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 we'll go and share. We're coming, baby, with the good news of Christ and it's the hands and feet of Jesus with no strings attached. So we do that every month. You should be a part of it, but we also resource our ministry partners. So check this out. There's other organizations, nonprofits in the city that are doing great work. And we decided when we started the church, we're not going to be a competitor. We're going to be a partner. Amen. And what they really need is manpower and money. And so we're going to write them a check and say, God bless you. And we make them a part of our Serve My City efforts as it works for them and it works for us. And so those are our local missions portfolio right here 
in our own backyard. But then we know that we have to reach our nation. The Bible says in Jerusalem and then Judea, Samaria. Well, Judea, Samaria was their, na- their nation. Our nation is America. And check it out. It's not going well. But how many know as dark as it gets, light shines best in the darkness. So we believe starting life-giving local churches because the local church mobilized is the hope of the world. And the more local churches we can start in the darkest places of our city, we know marriages will be healed. We know kids will no longer be confused about who God has called them to be. We know that, that people can get saved and they can go on the journey of faith. And so we love to church plant. We think it's a good ROI for God, right? We can start one church and see the whole city touched in Jesus' name. So we really believe that, but we also invest in Convoy of Hope because fires hit Hawaii and issues happen in our nation that they need immediate response. And so those are the two areas that we focus on, starting strategically and planting life-giving local churches and then responding to need when it's needed. And you do that. I know you go to soccer and you go to different places and sometimes it feels like your life's not counting. But I can tell you, as you trust God with your giving, we're going to steward it really well. And we're going to do something that honors God and, as Paul says, is right before your eyes as well. And one day we'll be glad we did everything we could to make the biggest difference for Christ. Amen, everybody. Are you out there today? But then the Bible says to the ends of the earth and so we start in Israel how many know God loves his people and so we give the first percent of what we give internationally to the church the Christian church in Israel but we also plant churches but not just everywhere this is important because I I believe the parable of the talents shows us that God is looking for intentionality God is looking for an ROI God's looking for you to make the most of every opportunity you have. So we plant churches in what's called, missiologists would call the 1040 window. It's almost a belt around the earth. And and it's kind of the Middle East and and North Africa and China and Asia, lots of those regions. And here's what we know. 90% of terrorism and 90% of sex trafficking originate in the 1040 window. Again, the same strategy as America. We're going to the darkest places with the good news of Jesus. And for $400, we can plant a church internationally. Come on, let's plant some churches. Let's reach some people. We may never meet this side of heaven, but one day, imagine being in heaven and you get a little tappity tap on the shoulder. And hopefully they didn't juke you with this side and that side, right? But you just look over and the Holy Spirit is, hey, thank you. Thank you for giving because you gave. Me and all these people are now here. But we also love to translate Bibles. There are still unreached people groups who do not have the scriptures in their native language. Can you imagine not being able to read God's word in the language that you know? And so we want to eradicate biblical poverty and translate as many Bibles to the 3,400 unreached people groups as possible. And then lastly, our last lane, but it's not last to us. We want to take care of you. We believe in the vision of Palm City Church. 
We believe in the work that God has done in 22 months. 250 people have taken a pen and put on paper that I've gave my life to Christ or I recommitted my life to Christ because some people are sacrificial in their time and their resources. And so we're going to take a portion of what you give through Legacy and we're going to improve the spaces around here. We're going to do some upgrades and resource our kids team a little bit better and our production team so that you can continue to enjoy what God's doing in your life right here through your local church. And this is my big plug. If you're not a uh, part of our church, come on, we, we're working hard. We're trusting God, but we're working hard to make this place a considerable option in your life. And we want to encourage you to be a part. Another area we focus on as a church is we focus on families. We know the nucleus biblical family is under attack, and we're coming for it in Jesus' name. And we're believing in families and resourcing families through intentional uh, discipleship and so we're making sure our kids and our youth and our young adults and our old adults all of us right but it doesn't matter how old you get you still need to know God's Word and so that's why we're doing a Bible series and that's why we're getting real nitty-and-gritty with the details of Scripture so that we can know what God wants to do with our life knowledge isn't what we're after but knowledge is power to pursue what God's after in your life and so we want to use all those things and I was really reluctant to even put this up here uh, because I don't want to get anybody too excited but we're also uh, allocating a portion of this offering to a church home we don't have one and we are grateful for the Sierra Conference Center and we're not going to put ourselves in any rush but what I know from a farming dad is when opportunity presents it's too late to prepare you got to move you got to be ready and, and say, yeah, God, we're preparing like it's up to us, but we're trusting you to open doors. But when you do, we're ready. And so we're looking for a place where we can host more gatherings and take care of your kids and do more things with our youth and reach our city in a supernatural way. Have a weekly prayer service. And we're looking for that. We long for that. We dream for that. But we're content where we are. But we're looking forward to all those things. I want to tell you today, we don't have a small vision. We have a big vision. But we've decided to let the pace of our vision be determined by you. In other words, I'll set the vision. I believe scripturally that's what God asked of me. But you determine the pace. We've got lots of vision, and we can do as much of it as you see fit. And so when we talk about this, we ask you to pray and obey. Ask God, because you are the ones who accelerate the vision. That's why we called it legacy. Yeah, I'm not determining the speed of how much we do in the name of Jesus. I'm just making sure I've got a word from the Lord of what we can do if. And then as God speaks to you, you're the one that's going to push it forward. I was reading a couple of weeks ago um, about Walt Disney. Anybody love Disney World? Come on. You, we, all, we all love Disney World. Maybe not everything they do, but we love Disney World. And we were, uh, I was reading about it, and some of the family, some of the daughters were asked, uh, isn't it sad that Walt Disney didn't get to see all of this? And they quickly corrected, oh, he saw it. He saw it way before it was visible. That's what vision is. We see a city saved. We see a city on fire for Jesus. We see marriages healed in, in biblical order. We see students and kids no longer confused about their identity, but they know who God's called them to be, and they're living in their purpose at an early age. Oh, vision's not the problem. We're just ready for God to speak to us in a supernatural way. So we want to encourage you to accelerate, prepare now. We're going to give together at the end of our service if you came uh, ready to do that. And there's three ways that you can be a part 
Of course, we gave you an envelope if you want to do that. Again, there's no pressure here, but if you want to give in the service, some people like the, the actual act of doing it together in service, you can do that. You can give online, about 80% of you do that, or you can even use the text to give option that is extremely safe and secure uh, to give. And let me just say this, and then we're going to move on. There is no guilt, there is no condemnation, and there is no pressure. This should be an opportunity. God wants it to be a delight, not a duty. He wants it to be an opportunity, not an obligation for you. So just prepare uh, what you want to give. And if you can't, God bless you. I'm sure you would if you could. You will probably in the future. But for those of us who are ready, we'll pray at the end of our service and be ready to make a difference for Jesus. Amen, everybody? Do you love your church? Do you love what we're doing together? I do. But why? Why give? Why worship a service and serve a service? Why make my day longer? Why use one of my two days off to make others' lives better? Why live on less so that I can be a blessing and do more for others? Why do we live that way? It's because one day we'll be before Jesus. And there's two questions you're going to be asked. You're going to be asked, did you know Jesus? And if you pass that one, you're going to get a second question. And the second question is, what did you do with what you know? And you're going to want to say, I did everything. I took my cars and my good looks and my, right? I took it all and I leveraged it for you, Jesus. And he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But what we're doing through Legacy is we're setting the scene of a loving God and a sacrificial church. That's what the world needs to see more than ever before. Because let me say it this way. Jesus is the reason for the season. And that's kind of corny because you, you can go get a sign right now at the Hobby Lobby that says that, right? You, you're like, Jesus is the reason for the season. But that's why we do it because it's all about him. And so I thought on this Legacy Sunday, I wanted to give you a, a few handles on what that means. What are the reasons Jesus would say to us today to leverage it all and leave a legacy for him? So if you're taking notes, I want you to write some things down. And uh, if you're not taking notes, write these things down. God bless you. Yeah. The reason we give above and beyond our normal giving, number one, is because heaven is our home. How many know earth is not where you're going to stay? It's where you are, but one day you're going to live in eternity. But if that's the truth, why are we so consumed with earth? If that makes sense and we see it in Scripture, why do we miss it? Because we get so focused on earth. And I believe many of us may be even discouraged or just got a lot of issues that could be solved with one remedy that you would in your mind make heaven your goal, make heaven your home, not earth. Many of you are disappointed with the way earth is going. And I'm sorry to say that's not God and and that's, that's earth. It was never designed to fulfill you. But if you can, while you're on earth, know one day I'm going to heaven. But while I'm here, God's spirit and God's presence is in me. It gives you the courage to go on. Jesus promised us that heaven was our home, John 14. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled, and they can get troubled. we got kid problems, money problems, and usually more money, more problems, right? I mean, come on, can I get a witness? I mean, we got problems, but Jesus says, all that, don't let your hearts get troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you also may be where I am. So we know one day, if our life ends here on earth, we're going to heaven. And we could be the generation that sees the return of Christ. He may come to us first. I don't know. One of those two are going to happen 100% of the time. We just have to see which one. But Jesus promised that heaven is not this mystical place that doesn't really exist. No, it's a place. And you will spend eternity in eternity. So much so, the Apostle Paul, speaking to Christians, said this in Philippians 3. There are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, he's talking to Christians. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. Watch this. I didn't didn't expect this to be included in the list. And they think about this life here on earth. Like, that's on the list. Like, like because you're reading it, you're like, oh, I know those people. They're just awful. They're awful. Burn them. You know, it's like, whoa, chill out. But then also on the list of those things are the people who think about life on earth. And then he corrects us and he says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. This is the answer to a lot of our challenges and problems. Earth is not going to get better. I'm sorry. But if you get your life in order, you can make the most of this life until you live the life that's really life. And that is your life in eternity. And I know we can get weighed down and under the weight of the world. But if we will refocus our minds, our hearts, our lives on heaven, earth will lose its grip. And it will disappoint you less than it already does. And God will restore your joy. I want to give it to you this way. Think about your citizenship. Some of you may have dual citizenship. But if you're an American citizen and you make Jesus your Lord, you're now a dual citizen. You're a citizen of earth and a citizen of heaven. Now think about this for a moment. Because if you didn't see yourself as living in the U.S., but you saw yourself as visiting the U.S., Would you live differently while you're here? Let me say it this way. Imagine your home is in Spain. And you're only here for 80 days or so. And and, and you can't take anything back with you. But you can send wire deposits of your treasure back to your home country. You can't position yourself for where you're going to spend the majority of your life. And you lived in a hotel. Would you fill that hotel with the stuff we fill our lives with now? I wouldn't. I I would recognize that my life is more than that. And so because I understand that, that is the same analogy when we think about heaven. I I can't do everything here because I'm not going to be here forever. As one pastor said, we can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Anybody ever heard that in church? (laughs) It's true. I can send my treasure ahead of me because earth is temporary, but heaven's permanent. And that's why the Bible says the people that live this way, Hebrews 11, people who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. They were after a far better country than that, heaven country. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. We, we do it, reason number one, because Jesus is the reason for the season and because heaven is our home. Reason number two, because we have limited time 
and incredible opportunities. Time is short. I know a lot of us don't feel that way. The older I get, the more I recognize it. But there's a season where you feel invincible, like you're going to live forever and nothing can get you. But the longer you live your life, you realize, oh my gosh, it's short and maybe shorter than I think. There was an article in Time magazine a few years ago that was entitled 30 Days to Live. And the whole thesis was, how would you live differently if you had 30 days to live? And I asked, I want you over the holidays, ask yourself that question. What would change in my routine if I knew I only had 30 left? Here's the challenge. What we have excess of, we tend to squander. We tend to waste what we think is just always going to be there. In our marriages, we take them for granted. With our kids, they leave in one day. Praise the Lord for actually for that. You know, <laughs> Then they'll come back and leave again. But, but what would you do different in your life if you lived through an eternal lens and that you lived under the knowledge of the Bible that let you know you have limited time to make a difference? In other words, what you have limited amounts of, you actually treasure. What if you woke up today and thought, I'm never getting this Sunday back again? This is a limited edition Sunday. What if you, you've seen that, right? The, the, the QR or the, uh, the QVC commercials, the limited edition, one of a hundred. Well, your life is like that. It's a limited edition. What are you doing with it? Because your time is limited. That's why Moses said in Psalm 90, teach us how short our lives really are that we may be wise. I'm here to encourage you, everybody. But your life here on earth is not as long as you want. And it may be shorter than you think, so we have limited time. But we have great opportunity. We'll actually make better decisions with our life if we don't think we have excess, but if we think through the lens of urgency and limitations. We'll live through the idea of it's revival time in Tampa Bay. We'll live through the idea that it's a lost city, but it's a beautiful city. And there are people needing the message of Christ. And God's not just calling me. Your job's not to watch me and my calling your job's to find your calling and let us watch you a little bit because you're going to do it better than me and better than the person that's not called to it. So what is your calling? We have limited time, but we have endless opportunity. There are hurting and broken people. There are confused kids. There are 700 on average a month moving to Pasco County right here in Wesley Chapel. It's why Jesus told us this. This is his reasons. I'm telling you, open your eyes, and take a look of what's in front of you because it's harvest time. The harvest is not the problem. It's us realizing the moment that God has created in our life and seizing the opportunity to make the most of it. Winston Churchill in World War II, uh, it was a crazy long war and there was some focus being lost. And so in an effort to kind of streamline focus and bring the resources and get them back into the right place because things have just gotten all over the place. He made a poster that read this. Self-indulgence at this time is helping the enemy. We've got to realize that our lives, our resources, everything that God has given us once we've made him Lord is not ours. That we're to use it for his glory. And though we don't have any needs here at Palm City, we've got lots of opportunity. We've got lots of vision. And time may be short, but opportunities are endless. And the question is, what will we do with the knowledge we have? Will we focus on heaven as our home? Will we live through the filters of limited time and endless opportunity?
I want to. I believe you're in church today because you want that. You want that for your family. You want your life to count because Jesus is the reason for the season. Can I give you a couple more? The third reason, because it's smart. It's not a super profound point, but it's biblically true. I was in uh, the financial world for about a decade. Some of you may know this, but a lot of people are new to our church. And through that experience, um, you know, I got a lot of buddies that are in that world. You're helping people just kind of bring some order to their lives financially so that they can have uh, financial security and that they can have peace of mind and they can have a plan. Sometimes they just don't have a plan. And before I left that, after a decade, we were overseeing a little north of $25 million. And it's amazing looking back on that. Um, it's amazing. But looking back on it, it's also amazing how many times people would say, you got any insider trading tips? Like clients could be, I'm like, you're smarter than me. You got way more money than me. What, do you have any for me? But people always wanted an insider trading tip in the financial world. Like, give me something I, nobody knows. And I'm like, actually, that's fraud. But, you know, cool. Outside of that, I don't. I don't. But watch this. Jesus gives us one of the best insider trading tips in history when he says, do not store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. Now, this isn't a scripture that prohibits having an investment plan here on earth. You should. You should live by the 10, 10, 80. You should return 10 to God, save 10, and learn how to live on 80. You need a plan. But Jesus is saying the most important investment plan is your heavenly portfolio. Who's going to be in heaven because of what you do? Who's going to have eternity with Jesus and live forever? Who's going to find the good news of Christ in their darkest and most painful season on earth because you live. There was a missionary. He only lived like 30 years. He died at 29 in Ecuador uh, through a revolt, but he was a missionary named Jim Elliott, and he was a man of God who just lived his life knowing heaven was his home, and he risked his life even to death for the sake of others. He said it this way, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jesus is the reason for the season. And everything he's given us is in return for us leveraging our lives to make heaven our home. And I don't have lots of time, perhaps, but I got lots of opportunities. And Jesus said it's actually the wise thing to do. But number four, the reason we do it and have a Sunday-like legacy is because eternities are at stake. So heaven's our home, but there are scores and scores of people who have not made Jesus their Lord that will not spend eternity in heaven. God loves the whole world. God wants to reach every person. God has extended his grace to anyone who will receive it. But you have to receive it. And here's what I know, reading scripture, that heaven and hell are realities. People will spend one of the, their eternities in one of the two. And if you think about it, eternity is a really long time. And I know we like to be real compassionate, and that's biblical. But we can't be hyper-compassionate without truth. It's truth and grace. Two wings of the same bird. That's why Jesus Christ is not a way to heaven. He is the only way. He said that in John 14. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And we've got to do our part to be extremely gracious with people who believe other things. That's okay. But we've got to help them see through love and compassion and service and resources and leveraging our lives that their life can only get to God through one name. Acts 4, there is no other name under heaven given to mankind for which they shall be saved. But oh, if they had put their faith in Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the reason for the season, they will never miss or never lose what they invest in eternity. First with their lives, and then everything God has given them in their life. And though when I give, I tithe, I sow, I trust God in a very counterintuitive way. I'm going to tell you, legacy feels very unnatural to me. It doesn't even mean you should be like, yes, legacy, right here at Christmas. Great idea. <laughs> it, if it feels unnatural, welcome to the club. There's no super Christian. There, there's no people with a spiritual gift of just, I want to do it crazy and just, this is great. It's a sacrifice. But I'm not going to not sacrifice my life in relationship with the one who sacrificed it all for me. This is a spiritual growth moment for us. And here's what I can tell you before we pray. What we do for ourselves, it's going to end when we do. But what we do for others will be here when we're gone. Amen, church? Let's leave a legacy. Let's impact people we may never meet with the greatest solution to every problem they'll face.